Welcome to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. I'm your host Nathan Resnick. Please like and subscribe. We're super excited for today's guest and here we go. Today we're joined from Matthew from Build, Grow, Scale. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing amazing. So the headline of your website is we stopped counting at $400 million in e-commerce sales. How long have you been doing this? I've got to ask because is that happening in one year, 10 years? Tell us the background of that. And I'm super curious because I know I'm sure by now there's been a lot more sales that you've driven for e-commerce companies. Yeah. So I've been doing it about 10 years now. And the first couple of years, I got pretty fortunate. I worked really hard, but I probably did about $15 million in t-shirt sales. And I knew that this was something I wanted to do. Before that, I was in the concrete business, which is a lot harder work. And uh, so once we got in here and started optimizing the journey, we realized that at some point, like it doesn't matter how many hundreds of millions that you've done, either your stuff works or it doesn't. And so we're kind of at the point that we help people sell more from the same traffic. And really that's my real tagline is traffic's not your problem. So if you convert at 2%, that means 98 people that came to your site left and didn't buy rather than going and buying more traffic, let's find two more of those 98 that left and double your business. Makes sense. So you, I assume are focused on conversion rate optimization rather than just driving traffic, which a lot of people overlook. And I'm curious in the e-commerce world, that's such a key because so many people think we need more visitors or we need better content, but they forget that the conversion rate is really the bread and butter. And so I'm curious, can you walk us through some of those conversion rate optimization tactics that you've used to help businesses increase their conversion rate? Yeah, I'll give you a couple right away that are closest to the money. So right on your checkout page or where they're filling in their information, 99 out of 100, probably 999 out of 1,000 use the default page. But you, you can change the wording inside those form fields and people don't mind giving you information if you give them a reason why. And there's all kinds of studies done. People let people cut in line, they'll give them money, all these different things if you give them a reason. And so rather than just ask for the information or the email, we say email required for your order confirmation. If you think about it, the number one most opened email sent is order confirmation has over 85% open rate. And so rather than them give you their spam email, they know they're going to open it. They'll give you their good email. And so we've watched conversions go up. Just from that, because now our abandoned carts and abandoned checkouts perform better. The other one that we do is where the phone field is, we put a phone required for shipping notification. And we've tried all different texts in those different fields. We've never beat those two, but everyone knows SMS is your number one form of recovery in sales. And so... By putting in required for shipping notifications, you also get a good phone number there. And we've test, we test for form field errors because we work with a lot of really large brands. So just those two tricks right there, you'll see a bump in your abandoned recoveries, your phone, your SMS recoveries, and just the way that your checkout performs. That's awesome. I love that. Those are two tactical tips right off the bat. Thank you so much for that. 
One question that I feel like so many CRO experts dive into is a single page checkout versus multi-step. And I remember when I was running my own e-commerce business, we were going back and forth. We had more success with multi-step because then we usually could get someone's email or name or a bit more information from them before they hit a paywall. So I'm curious, what is your mindset around single page checkout versus multi-step? Does it really depend on the product or do you just let the data speak for itself and everyone should test both? Yeah. So we have found both work. Early on, we could beat the multi-step. We can't or we haven't in a long time now. And now Shopify has rolled out the one page. We haven't found it to win yet, but it's available. And I think the reason why that is, is if you have to come up with a reason, it's just not prototypical. In the beginning, we could beat it because people weren't used to the multi-step. Now they're so used to it by being on so many Shopify sites. I think that they're just conditioned to, oh, okay, this is the process. And so now when we change that and introduce something else, it's a shock to their system. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm curious, when it comes to your agency, buildgrowstale.com, what are the main brand or type of brands that you work with, size of brands, and what are some tactics or strategies you've used to unlock growth for those brands? Because I think a lot of people listening, especially in this e-commerce environment where a lot of people were growing like crazy during COVID because so many more people were shopping online and now they've hit a bit of a trough because the economy shifted. And so I'm curious, what are you doing today with your customers to continue growth? So, so we have two sides to our business. We have the agency side where we do all the split testing data and analytics and the developer work. Those brands have to be doing about 200, 250,000 a month for it to make sense because we put about a five person team on there. And then we use all of that data from our partners. Obviously we don't share their data, but what we're testing and what we're finding to win inside of our membership. So we have a membership where Typically the store owners are doing anywhere from about five grand all the way up to a million dollars a month or more. And we teach them in that community what we're doing. So really there's not a magic size that we deal with. Definitely the agency side are the bigger clients, but we really serve everybody inside the membership. Area. Got it. Makes sense. That's awesome that you're able to serve smaller brands as well as a bit larger ones too. I'm curious, what are the most effective ways that you've found to go about A-B testing? Because I feel like there's different tools on Shopify, there's different methodologies around A-B testing. What do you find to be most effective when you're trying to A-B test a landing page or a website or copy or whatever it may be? Yeah, so certainly you want it to be A-B because you want the test to be monitored against the same traffic, where typically if you do it over a time frame and then switch it into another time frame. you could be getting totally different traffic. And so we were using Google's Optimizely and they're getting ready to change it. So I'm not sure if they're going to roll out a new version or what exactly is happening, but we like it because it ties straight into Google Analytics and we use the tag manager in Google Analytics extensively. So we probably have on average about 90 to 100 events that we tag on every site. And then that way, all of that information is put in there and we can look at the overall, not just the A-B test, but further down the funnel as well. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. What are little things or big things that you recommend people test on the website? Is it just the header and the copy? Is it their main image? Is it the 
checkout button? Is it the color of the checkout button? How granular do you think people should test varying on what, varying on what size their brand is? What I will tell you is the checkout button or the different button colors don't matter near as much as if it stands out from the rest of the website. A lot of people try to blend their button with their website colors and that actually hurts them. So you want your buttons to be a totally different color than everything else on the website. So they know that's the next most important action that you want them to take. The other thing that I'll tell you is clarity trumps persuasion. And so really you want to have the least amount of elements on the page as possible. Most of our wins come from removing things, not adding more in. And it's because over time, people are answering customer service and they just keep thinking that every single person has that question and they don't. And so over time, the site becomes very weighed down with what we see as their customer service journey, rather than what 80% of the people on the site actually need in order to make a decision. One other tip that I'd give you that I think makes a big difference, and it's just having the paradigm shift, look at your site from the customer's point of view as, hey, can I understand what I'm getting? Is there easy navigation? That will provide a lot more clarity in sales than looking at your store from the owner's perspective, trying to sell stuff. Makes sense. Put yourself in the shoes of the customer, go through a funnel, understand where are they falling off, right? And I think that's something that Google Analytics does a pretty good job of seeing kind of what those exit pages are, exit steps are to understand where potential customers falling off and why are they falling off? And, you know, maybe there's a very high balance rate on that page and what can you do to optimize that specific page or that step of the funnel, which I think is really crucial. One thing that's really top of mind, I feel like in e-commerce, especially as ad spend has gotten harder is influencer driven brands and working with influencers. And everyone knows the classic Kylie Cosmetics or Logan Paul and his prime hydration drink. I'm curious, how are e-commerce brands tying in influencers? What ways have you seen be done successfully when it's not a major influencer, but maybe you're doing some sort of partnership or special collaboration with an influencer? How should brands be using influencers in today's world, especially if it's not necessarily like a influencer that's the main driver behind the brand? Yeah, so we have some that use decent size influencers. It's pretty difficult if you haven't been doing it, you're just getting started in order to make that ROI now because a lot of these influencers are charging a lot of money and it doesn't really translate into sales. In fact, we just did a podcast about that. I would say the easiest way to do it is to find like micro influencers that you can send product to. That typically tends to work much better than, hey, we're going to give you six grand for a post. And we have a lot of influencers that have said that. And my response to them always is, if you're so sure that's an ROI, why don't you let us give you an affiliate link and you can just post and we'll pay you for every sale that you drive. Otherwise, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to pay a large right. number. And that's even with very significant brands that we deal with. Got it. Interesting. I'm curious, as we wrap up e-commerce on tap, one question that is a fan favorite is I basically ask you to ask yourself a question. So this is a question that I didn't ask that's top of mind that you think a lot of people are questioning. 
that then you can answer. So I don't know if there's one question that comes to mind about e-commerce or running an agency or scaling or conversion rate optimization that you think would be relevant to our audience. I guess I would say everybody's store can always be optimized. Most people think, okay, if I optimize my store, then I'm going to make a certain amount of sales. The truth of the matter is that it never stops. E-commerce is constantly evolving and changing. And so just if you're getting into this game, you need to understand that's something that you'll always have to be doing or else you'll get left behind because it's not a static environment. Totally. I agree. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on e-commerce on tap. Where can people follow you, find out more about you and get in touch? buildgrowscale.com or just my email is matt at buildgrowscale.com. Awesome, Matt. Thank you again. And everyone, thank you again for listening in to e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify.